Welcome to the Battle Ready Podcast. My name is Aaron McManus. I'm here with my father. Erwin McManus. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. We saw a movie this week called Tenet, and I'm really excited. So I was just happy to see a movie and also, you know. We had to drive out of L.A. County. We did. Because we had to leave um, our confinement and go to another theater. Free America. Free America, um, which is not in Los Angeles. Um, Okay, so here we go. (laughs) Thursday morning last week, I spent maybe four hours responding to everyone who emails to Aaron at battlereadypodcast.com. That's still, amazing that you do that. Thank you. It is. And and you, you. Uh, you've you been sharing with me some of the interactions you've had with people. Yeah. They've been really powerful. There's, Yeah, I definitely, I don't know if it was Godspeed by James Blake <laughs> or if it was just like the sun coming up when I was reading it, but I definitely had a few emotional moments where I, there might have been a tear or two mm. um, or an emotional breakdown. <laughs> we're not beyond that guys we are men you're such a sensitive man come on if someone calls me a sensitive man you did you like the earlier version the first update (laughs) i feel like god changed my life and it's all we're all benefiting from that fact you don't remember the first update i don't remember the what was the first update that was you growing up as a kid you were an amazing kid what happens to us? That, that's not what we're going to talk about today, but what happens? It does feel like something happens to us. Is it puberty? When, no, when tender people get wounded, sometimes they get tough. Mm. And I think you went from tender to tough, and now you're going from tough to tender. I went from tender to tough to tyrant. Ooh. Oh, you can't think of another T. You're stuck. Okay. Well, I thought of something funny. I was like, from tender to tough to tyrant to tan to oh. I am tan. I do tan. Um, okay, so here we go. I, we got an amazing email from someone named Hannah. Should I read it? Should we go into it? Yeah, read, read it. Yeah. Okay, I just, I, I'll take a minute. You know, we do get a little bit of kickback saying that, you know, is this a Christian podcast? Is this a faith-based podcast? You guys never talk about God or Jesus. Would you like to respond to that? Sure. What I would say is, um, no, this is not a... Christian podcast. This is not a faith-based podcast. This is a podcast of Aaron and Irwin, father and son, and we both happen to have a deep faith, and we're both followers of Jesus. And so Jesus informs everything we see and everything we believe. But this is a podcast of two humans having conversations about humanity. So why are we in the, the Christian category or the or the religious spiritual category on on iTunes? I'm not sure, but I think sometimes there's a movie I really like called Fury, and there's something that um. Brad Pitt looks at Shia LaBeouf and says, we're going to be the rock that breaks the wave. Ooh. It is. It's just something that is good. And it's just one of the best moments. And I do often see us as the rock that breaks the wave of, of bad religious thinking. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about this yesterday, actually, that I do believe this podcast is a, is a health club for your mind, yes, your body, right. and your soul. I love that. But we're not just trying to change bad way of thinking among Christians. We're trying to change bad ways of thinking among humans, among people in general. Among humans. Yeah. Yes. And Because ironically, um, contrary to popular beliefs of how I see the world, sometimes the way Christians see things is right. It is. And uh, and sometimes the way Christians see things are wrong, and sometimes yes. Christians even disagree with how they see things, yes. even though they both sincerely believe in Jesus. And that's a part of the conversation we're trying to have. And we did actually talk a little bit about that in our last episode where I said, you know, this person claims Jesus, but I don't know if he worships the same God that I do because I have friends who don't believe in God or friends who are Muslims or friends who are Mormons or Scientologists who are have a broader thinking 
of humanity than some Christians do. And, and I say that, and we talk about this, like we love the people who listen to this. We also love the people, we love the fact that you share this with your friends. We also love the fact that you're willing to offend some people by sending them to our podcast. And so we, we do like take a lot of responsibility. And I think yep. we feel a lot of responsibility. And this podcast has grown considerably. And that is because of you guys who are watching and listening and sharing each week. So I can't say thank you enough. Yeah. And if you're a, a really dogmatic person, yeah, there, there are going to be episodes that you're going to be offended by. Yes. Because one of the things I'm really committed to violating is dogma. And people who are dogmatic and who will not allow other perspectives to inform uh, their thinking. You don't have to change your mind when you hear other people's opinions, but you actually expand your mind when you respect other people's opinions. I think it's a fear mentality. It's a fear, it's fear and arrogance and an unwillingness to listen to see from someone else's perspective. Because something that you taught me was learn about everything. Absolutely. Learn about everything. As well, much as you can, yeah. Learn about everything. And mm-hmm. and you'd put me in public school, and you always try to keep me in a place where I was able to think freely and to learn about the world and the universe and all religions because you always felt that what is true will be discovered and what is true will be revealed. And and I did find my way. You also very much helped me find my way. Mm-hmm. But but you were always open to, I think some of people live like an afraid, a fearful life going, if if I learn about this thing, it, it could change the way I believe in my faith. Yeah. I just don't think that's true. Yeah, I think we should stop trying to prove we're right. Yes. And start trying to search for truth. Mm. That's, that is breakfast, lunch, and dinner right there, my <laughs> friends. Pour yourself a <laughs> cup of coffee. Grab that croissant and let's buckle up and let's go. So I'm going to read this email real quick. All right. <laughs> and this is from Hannah. Hannah says, hi, Aaron and Erwin. It's much easier writing those two names together than saying them. <laughs> anyway, I've really been enjoying your podcast. Thank you for being honest and thought-provoking. One thing I really appreciate about you guys is that you are very passionate about the story of Jesus, and yet you mm-hmm. also don't feel like you're trying to convert people, which is funny because th- <laughs> we get critiqued for that part, um, <laughs> that we're not you know, religious enough. I'm struggling right now with what the message of Jesus even is. Mm. And if Jesus is even the message that brings hope, I firmly believe in God, a creator, a being outside of us. I also believe that the truth that will transform the world is that we are good and loved and the bearers of light just as we are right now. You can cut me off if you want to speak mm-hmm. to any of it. But what associate? But why associate that story with Jesus? Erwin, you said in the podcast that if Buddha or Muhammad had changed your life, you would be sharing that story. But Jesus changed your life, so that's what you share. But how do you know it was Jesus? Why associate the light with the God of the Bible? I'd love to know your thoughts. I've grown up in church, surrounded by people who love Jesus, so I associate God and love with Jesus, but I'm getting to know a lot of loving, kind people who believe in what I call God, but they call him the universe, not Jesus. It made me rethink what I believe. Again, thank you for all you guys do, Hannah. What a great email. What a great email. <clears throat> Hannah, thank you so much for listening and joining us, man. We are so glad that you're part of this, uh, this conversation. I do think it's funny how when we started Battle Ready, it was Erwin and Aaron. And now it has become Aaron and Irwin. 
And uh, I, I wait, love- what does that what does that mean? <laughs> and my, I talked to my agent. He actually moved me up in the billings and the credits. Uh, I I'm love that. Kidding. No, I think it's great. And I'm just the host. No, and I, I, I actually love your input. And I think the best, the best conversation we have is when you talk more. Stop. Don't let me get you to talk is, more. Is this a fight? Are we fighting right now? No, that's not a fight at Are all. Are you bothered by I say my name first? <laughs> I, can, I should say your name first. You're right. No. Out of honor and respect. What I'm saying is that I'm so excited that she said your name first. I think it's just because I have two A's first. And so grammatically. I don't think you did it alphabetically. <laughs> and uh, I think it's because there are people all over the country, all over the world. Yes. Who really identify with the way you think. Okay. And when you ask questions, you're asking the questions that they want to ask. Okay. And I actually think that you're becoming a voice for people across the world. Well, thank you. That's kind. And I also resonate with this question a lot which is why I think it brought a deep emotion to me when I read it. And I responded with, this is so far beyond me. Um, And why I wanted to bring it to you, because you're the person that I go to with all of my questions. When I question, you know, why Jesus, why Mm. versus the universe, or I believe in a creator, but why this? And and you know what? If if you're someone who's like, how can you lead at that level Mm. and ask these questions, how can you lead at that level and not ask the questions? So can you answer the questions? This question is really complicated, and it has so many layers and, it does. and so many nuances to it. And so I'm just going to kind of unwrap it. What would you the say? Best the, way I can. What would you say the core of it is? I mean, I think the the core of it is that she's like so many people who are sincerely trying to find um, what's real and what's true, and uh, and trying to figure out where Jesus fits into faith and is Jesus necessary for faith. Well, I feel, I, and I feel also too that there's two worlds. The world mm-hmm. that she grew up in and the world she's um, experiencing right now, experiencing right now, and getting introduced to, and so, um, and those are both worlds we live in. Yeah, and we both have friends who would believe in the universe, would believe in other gods, mm-hmm. would be- believe in themselves mm-hmm. more than anything else, or believe in nothing at all. Yeah, and we are able to have conversations with them on a deep level, and have like a real relationship with them. So, how do you do both? And how do you explain Jesus? I think this is this is the why this is a why Jesus email. Mm-hmm. I think first of all, it's so good that she feels um, that we talk about Jesus openly. Yeah, because so many people think we don't. Right. And so I, I love the fact that she's saying thank you so much for being so open about your faith in Jesus. And and then at the same time, she said, and for not trying to convert us or feeling like we're trying to be converted. And I think that's right. I think that um, our postures we're trying to guide people toward truth. And we have this great confidence that as we all search for truth, you're going to crash into Jesus. Yeah. And so I don't feel any um, uh, any any weight on me to try to convert anyone. I just want to have great conversations with people and watch what happens when our minds open, our hearts open, because uh, I have that kind of confidence in the reality of, of who Jesus is. It is true when um, when you begin talking to people, especially here in L.A., that a lot of people talk about the universe rather than God. Right. And, and I want to connect that with what, Hannah, what you said earlier about, I, I, I know that, that we're good, uh, and she said, I know that we're loved and that we're a part of, a, a part of the light, we're right. light bearers. And here's the dynamic. If there is no God, but there's only a universe, you're not loved because the universe doesn't have a personhood. So if the universe is just an energy, which is what people mean when they say the universe then the, uni- the, the energy of the universe doesn't have a personality. It's neither good nor evil, nor does it 
uh, care about you or me. And, and I, I think one of the things that's lost when we depersonalize God and talk about the universe is that we actually lose the dynamic of being loved and knowing what good is. Because if everything exists by chance or everything just exists uh, by, in a sense, um, an accident, then there is no measure of good and evil. And what I think is really fascinating to me is that so many people who talk about the universe actually assume that the universe is good and assumes that the universe is for us and assumes that the universe loves us. But all those assumptions actually change the language from the universe to God. Because if, if the universe has intention toward us, if the universe actually has affection for us, if the universe actually intends good for us, then that universe is actually God. It's not some um, uh, energy or force. It's actually um, a personal creator. And when I looked at religions and I looked at philosophies, and I was searching for God, I, I, did, I mean, I, I, I looked at Buddhism, I looked at, uh, you know, every aspect of philosophy that I could study. I mean, I read everything that Plato ever wrote about Socrates and Aristotle, all the way through to Kant and Hume and Descartes and, and Blake and all these others. And, and what I really came to realize is that religions have a common narrative, that there's a God or a force or an energy, um, and we have to find a way to get to it or to him. And we have to earn the right to be loved or accepted or forgiven. And so, you know, whether it's Catholicism or Islam or, or you know, w whether it's uh, Judaism or, or Hinduism, you have to do all these things. Or even Buddhism, that's actually an atheistic religion. There, there are all these things you have to do, achieve nirvana, to enter that state of, uh, uh, you know, whatever it is, or, or, or to be forgiven by God. But Jesus is the only narrative about God where we're not told what we need to do to get to God. We're told what God needed to do to get to us. And from my own perspective, every religion where it says, this is what you need to do to earn God's love, to me, if you have to earn God's love, he's not worthy of your worship anyway. He's not worthy of your life anyway. If God is the one in power and we're the ones in trouble, then a good God would act on our behalf to help us, which is why in the end I looked at all the different options of beliefs, and I thought any belief system that tells me that I have to do all these things to earn God's love is out, and which it left me with one option, which was Jesus. And I came over two options. I came to a conviction. the other option? The other option is maybe nothing is real, and I could never know what's real or not. And and that there's would you, would you have called yourself an atheist before no, you became I would call myself a mystic because I believed that humans were transcendent. I believed there was something beyond the material world. I was never a materialist. And if you're an atheist, you're a materialist because you only believe in the material world. And so you cannot be a true atheist and not be a, a materialist. And I was not a materialist. I was I was a person who believed in transcendence. I believed that we were inherently spirit. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know um, all the implications of it. I just felt we were connected to something beyond ourselves. And so I would have been a perfect candidate for the language of the universe. You should live in Venice to be fair. <laughs> you would get along with my friends in Venice. Yeah. And, and so I, and a part of it for me was as I came to this journey of coming to know Jesus, I would say I used the name of God to describe me searching for him. 
I used the name Jesus to describe God searching for me. And as I was searching for God, it was like I could only see the back of God's head, but I couldn't recognize his face. And the moment God turned around and I saw him face to face, then I knew his name was Jesus. And Hannah, this is why I put my trust in Jesus, because no other narrative, not Buddha, not Muhammad, not anyone, is, um, is a story of God coming for you, God coming for me. And Jesus is the only one where the story is God acted on your behalf. God isn't passively sitting on top of a mountain waiting to see if you have the strength to climb it to get to him. God came down from the mountain. He walked into the gutter, and he got dirty to pull us up. And by the way, your statement, I know that we're good, um, that we're loved, and that we're bearers of light, light bearers. Um, human history doesn't actually validate that completely because human history is not really good. It, human history is full of violence and murder. It's full of um, greed and avarice. It's full of, of injustice and poverty. And, and human history is part of the reason why we search for God. See, if we were good, we wouldn't need God because to be good is actually to reflect God. The, the, the reality is that we're not good, but we, but many, but we long to be good. And, and then if there's no God, we're not loved. Because there, you, to, for there to be love, there has to be both the object of love and the giver of love. And so the moment you say, I know we're good, what you're actually saying is, I know that we're created for goodness. It's your soul saying, I know something's missing. And that only God, whoever he is, whatever he is, can get me there. When you say, I am loved, what you're actually saying is, I believe I'm created as an object of love. And I was created by love, for love. And that's actually what the scriptures say. That's actually what the Bible says about who Jesus is, that God is love, created us for love. And so everything you're writing actually tells me that you're experiencing Jesus, that you may not realize it. So then could, can I ask some questions? Sure. Okay, so Hannah's saying she's now meeting friends that are saying that the universe is the universe. Sure. Versus God. It's not even versus God. It's in place of God. Yeah. Is, is the universe, the universe, okay, so if we were to create a language like, the universe, I would say to me, is, is what is, is everything that is around us in all of existence mm -hmm. from here to the furthest point of space. Would that be the universe? No. It, the universe is more of an abstract metaphorical concept of God without any moral implication. Okay, so, so we're talking about the, right. So that, I think that's my question is, is are we talking about the, the abstract? Yeah, we're not talking about the, the actual physical, universe. Actual. Okay. Because okay. I do think maybe in the, like, like beginning of the 2000s, mm -hmm. from the 70s to the 2000s, the universe was was the it was the physical place of the universe, mm -hmm. and then it became the metaphorical place of, of of the universe. What that represented, of yes, all things. Yeah, that there's this organic consciousness that exists in the and it's and it's expressed in the universe that exists materially. And but what happens is we we like the concept of universe rather than God, because if God has personhood, then he has moral, it has moral implication on our life. If God is just a universe, then it has no moral implication on our life. But the irony is that we expect the universe to be good toward us. Do you feel that our explanation of, of who God is, or maybe the renaming of God mm -hmm. by calling it, by calling uh, not it, I'm like, I, I, I'm also struggling through this. So if you, yeah. if you, if I use the wrong pronoun, bear with me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. bear with me. Um, like saying the replacement of, of the term God um, 
with universe, do you feel that that is us altering morality or our understanding or viewpoint or our inner expectation or what what is expected of us in our moral lives and freeing us of that by, by changing it from God to universe? Absolutely. Um, when you say the universe, the universe has no, no moral right over your life. And when you talk about God, there are huge moral implications. And so if there's a God, then how you treat other people matters. If there's a God, then uh, whether you choose generosity or greed matters. If there's a God, whether you choose faithfulness or unfaithfulness to your spouse, it actually matters. And this is something that I was I, I went on a hike. It's this that word holiness. Holiness. It's yeah. interesting. You went on a hike. Went on a hike this morning, just yeah. just by myself, just to kind of get mm-hmm. my head clear. I knew we were coming in doing some of these, and so I just sometimes just want to get focused. And mm-hmm. and I felt like the conversation I was having with myself, the, the conversation I was having with God, the conversation I was just having with the universe. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I just throw thoughts out sure. and just what is happening, and was 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 what are the rules to this? <laughs> what are the rules because you know, you're growing up, and, and, and I think that's something we ask, and I'm grown, I'm full grown, but I'm also, you know, I haven't lived my whole life. I'm a third of the way through, maybe, hopefully I'm fourth, maybe I'm fifth. Um, <laughs> but I do think something I'm constantly asking myself is, what are the rules to this? What are the rules that I live by? What are the rules that are expected on me? And what are, are, do those rules stand true through, for all humanity? Mm-hmm. And, and, and even just biblically, like there was 10 commandments, and mm-hmm. I was, you would call them the, the bottom of the barrel, Rules yeah. like don't kill people, don't steal other people's the wives. Bottom feeder, don't steal guidelines, and don't. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and and uh, anything beneath the Ten Commandments makes you inhumane. And then Jesus comes, and he almost says, "You couldn't do ten, you dummies. I'm going to do two. <laughs> this, love God, love your love neighbor. God, love your neighbor, love right. the people around you." And right. I had this like interesting thought process of worship and praise. The word mm-hmm. praise, right? I was th- I've been thinking a lot about the word rejoice lately. Mm-hmm. Rejoice, like what is it that we that we find joy in and we rejoice in. And 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 there's a commandment that talks about like, not to go super biblical, but there's a commandment that talks about like uh, no other gods before me. Right. And that's a phrase that also is in is in um in my mind. And I was thinking, okay, it was like one, you you named me Aaron. Why'd you name me Aaron? I would have liked to have been Moses. Moses was the Harry Potter of the Bible. Um, <laughs> and but you named me Aaron, and Aaron did something. He he burned, he melted gold down and created gold calves. He created other gods. In the in the in the moments where God they felt God wasn't around, where Moses wasn't around, their mm-hmm. kind of stand in for God, their connection to God. I felt like there's moments where that that just it brought this like brainstorm or this like train of thought of just like what is it exactly that we praise and what we praise, what we focus on is what we praise, what we praise, what we worship, what we worship is our intention, and and what we worship we end up becoming um, what is it subservient to mm-hmm. what, what we serve. And you've talked a lot about that to me. Is any of this making sense? Mm-hmm. I think it comes full circle to go like, I think that commandment was so much more about ourselves than about God. Mm-hmm. That it, it does talk about like God being a jealous God, God, God wanting our love. But also I think it was so much of it of, of, I know that when I'm focused on the wrong things, I end up worshiping the wrong, in the wrong space. Mm-hmm. That even when I'm like, I love God, there's so, I'm so easily distracted by the things in my life that I'll go, you know, if the universe wanted that for me, maybe I should have it. Then I'm like, no, but I live by a different set of rules. And, and are these rules, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. But I do think that, that, that you tie that in with like what you worship, what you praise, and how you find peace. So oftentimes you've helped me like have this checklist of like, no, is it, don't, don't ask, is it biblical? Ask, does it make, does it set your soul free? Does it set your humanity free? Does it set your spirituality free? 
or does it, or is you, or do your decisions um, bind you mm-hmm. and control you and hurt you or hurt someone else? And I do think that 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 thinking, that thought process of universe versus God, morality versus no morality, um, consciousness versus you know no consciousness, and or creation versus you know a random occurrence of events. I do think that that it is something that I struggle with all the time of like, what are the rules? What are the set things that we're supposed to play by? And why does it feel like when there are no rules, it's when we're the most successful or when we're the most free? But you know, it's not true. I know it's not true. Because when uh, just being, just because you're free to choose doesn't mean your choices make you free. (sighs) But okay. And I want to go back to, to Hannah's question, too, because when you have friends who talk about the universe, I always tell people the reason it feels that the universe is for you is because God's for you, and he created the universe to be leveraged in your direction. And so we have oxygen and gravity and water, and uh, we have all the things on this planet necessary for life. So clearly the universe is leveraged in the direction of life. And, and so when you look at the universe you're actually looking at God's intention toward you. And so if you went home and all this food was cooked for you, but there was nobody at the house, you wouldn't go, look how the kitchen loves me. You would go, wow, my mom really loves me. She made all this food for me before I left. Thanking the universe rather than the God who created the universe is like thanking the kitchen rather than the mom who cooked in the kitchen. My mom will beat me. She will whoop me. <laughs> she reaches for that salt and pepper, I jump. Yes. And then when you have that command of putting no gods before you, it's not so much that God um, needs our love, it's that God deserves our love. And when our hearts are aligned to God, then we're aligned with the universe and all the goodness of the universe as it comes in our direction. And by the way, the fact that we assume the universe is good, we don't even realize it. We're assuming there's a God who created that goodness. Otherwise, the universe would, right now, gravity would just change its mind every second. And, you know, one minute the water you drink would be fresh, one minute it would be bitter. One minute, you know, the the air would would bring health, next moment it would be poisonous. If the universe was arbitrary, if the universe did not have a, a compass of life, of good, we would not survive. And so God is not arbitrary. God isn't just a mixture of good and evil. God is actually good, and therefore everything that's created reflects that goodness. I have this thought. We are always in search of what's out there in the universe. Yeah. Like just scientifically with NASA, mm-hmm. with space. I'm mm-hmm. such a sci-fi nerd. Roswell. Roswell. <laughs> We're always so curious of what's out there. And I wonder if that's like a metaphor for our own humanity of why are we always searching for life on another planet when we've been given life here? Mm -hmm. Is it just our curious nature or is it that we are looking for something that is almost not inhumane, but beyond our humanity Mm -hmm. because we are so restless in our own humanity Mm -hmm. that we don't want to actually like listen to what, listen and to... um, I don't know. Can you help me out here? Yeah. I want to think your question is really interesting. Why do we keep looking to the stars for others? Why do we keep looking out to space to see if we're not alone? I think this is, if you go back to the question of a universal consciousness, when we're connected to God, we're connected to all creation. 
But when we're disconnected to God, we're disconnected from all creation. And I think a part of the reason we keep looking for aliens and spaceships and the reason we have the narratives in the midst of Roswell and, and, um, and all the alien invasions is that we feel alone in the universe because we're disconnected from the God who created the universe. And we're searching to the stars for what we're missing, but we need to be looking into our hearts for what's missing. I feel like I have this conversation a lot with, with young people, even myself in, in LA, but but maybe more my former self of, you know, 23, 24, 25 of what was I looking for all of that time? There's like this restlessness in our spirit and 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 you know, there's that's the years, the post college years, the college post college years where people feel like they gotta be wild. They gotta go take mm-hmm. you know, travel the world and take it all and get it all in before, you know, they lose their youth. And I often wonder why we search outside of ourselves for something that that we can easily obtain through the peace we find in our relationship with God and why we often prolong um, our maturity or our wisdom. Mm-hmm. And it's easier to say at 32 than it was at 22. Mm-hmm. At 22, I was like, I was the best thing ever and I'm so wise and so much smarter than everybody else. Every room I walk into, I was like a Harvard grad. Yeah. Uh, but now I look back and I'm like, I know nothing. So why wasn't I asking these questions at 22? Why, what happened in 10 years? It feels like the further we go, the more we realize there's so much in front of us that we haven't opened our eyes to. Yeah, I always say when I was in my 20s, I knew everything. And now in my 60s, I know nothing. And that makes me Did closer you always to being say wise. That? <laughs> I thought I said that, 20 to 30. <laughs> was it really your statement? Yeah, and I'm sure it's yours. I'm just quoting no, you. it's fine. I'm just trying to get one on the board. Well, I just want to like... Say to Hannah, um, Hannah, uh, I don't want to convert you, but I do hope that I can guide you into a life-changing uh, encounter with the God who loves you and that you would discover how much Jesus um, cares about you, how much he loves you, and how valuable you are to him. And it doesn't really matter if your friends are using different language. Um, it, you know, it, I think about it in terms of like... Uh, romance and dating and marriage like i i'm in i'm not in love with women i'm in love with a woman Mm. i love my wife kim she has a name and if i came home and said yeah honey i love women i don't know if she would really believe that i loved her (laughs) and when we try to take away the the uniqueness of god and say oh no you know it's the universe it's like saying you know i i uh it's like depersonalizing something that's so personal. Love is never impersonal. The universe cannot love you if there isn't a personal God who loves you. And if there's a personal God, then it makes perfect sense that he came into history as a person. Because this is the only way God could ever effectively communicate and connect to us. And so even though this isn't um, really the, the normal material for battle ready, I'm glad you asked the question uh, because um, I know for me, nothing has shaped my life, has shaped me as a person, has given me a, a broader mind and a more open heart than my relationship to Jesus. And um, I, I, my wife and I have been married 36 years, and, and a lot of times Kim will look at me and go, what happened to you? Like, what do you mean? She goes, you're just not who I married. Mm-hmm. Like, and and I, I can tell you that 
along the way in my life, I kept feeling like new lights were coming on and new rooms were being discovered inside of my mind. I didn't even know were there. And I feel like trusting Jesus with my life has allowed me to have a more open mind and to have a more expansive imagination to be able to go deeper into the profound. And, um, and so I think coming to Jesus isn't just about securing a relationship with God. I actually think it's about unlocking the universe within us to become fully human. We're definitely going to get some clapbacks on that one, and I'm mm-hmm. ready for it. I love this conversation so much, and I thank you for answering it. It genuinely means a lot, and I, I think, you know, I'm lucky to have you in my life that I get to ask so many of these questions um, personally, offline, outside of this podcast, and I think that's the brilliance of this podcast is that we get to ask those questions here together so that other people can maybe listen in and, and, and be a part of it, and, and I'm super grateful. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you for one blowing my mind. And and if you're listening or watching, I hope you thoroughly enjoyed this conversation as much as I have. And, you know, you can leave a comment. You can shoot us an email, Aaron at BatterAddyPodcast.com. You can also write a review mm-hmm. on iTunes. Um, you can give stars, write a review. You can also listen on Spotify and YouTube. But um, we hope you have the best day, the yeah. best day. If you're listening and you're an atheist or an agnostic or... Um a person who's on a journey of faith, or if you have a friend who's an atheist, agnostic, or right. or skeptic, uh, give them this particular episode. Have them send in their questions, and we'll dedicate an entire episode to answering all the hard questions from all your friends who are atheists and agnostics and yeah. and skeptics. It'll be a lot of fun. I love that. All right, that'll be the one where you do all the talking. Oh goodness! <laughs> You're like, can I phone a friend? But can we just leave it on the phone? Leave the phone on. Okay, uh, every Tuesday, every Friday, the Battle Ready Podcast with Erwin McManus. And Aaron McManus. And Aaron McManus. See you soon. <laughs>